The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. In Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1, the uh, first phrase there is, It came to pass. You know, the miraculous was coming to pass while the ordinary was playing out. You know, while there was ordinary things, while there was mundane things, while there was normal day-to-day, day-in, day-out operations, miracles were happening, but some people weren't noticing. Some people weren't seeing. Uh, I I would submit this to you as you could go in and study the Old Testament, the Word of God, that you could find prophecies that would say when the Messiah would be born and uh, where he would be born and what way he would be born in. But these things were seemed to be mysterious in the day that Jesus Christ was born, mysterious to some and, and revealed and, and miraculous to others. And we see while some people were just kind of going about their business and some people were kind of, uh, it's the same old, same old, day in, day out. And, you know, uh, while some people were doing that, there were miracles, literal miracles and fulfillment of prophecy that was happening in that day. The Bible says that it came to pass. You know, the truth is this morning that whether or not we see it or whether or not we understand it, whether we not uh, we acknowledge it, all that God says in His Word is going to come to pass will come to pass. God's Word is true. And everything that He said, all the prophecies, as Jesus reminded those people in that day that He was the fulfillment of the prophecies, that they didn't see Him or they didn't recognize Him or they even rejected Him, but He was the fulfillment of all the prophecies that would be given about the Messiah. Jesus truly was the I Am that I Am, that was sent of God. He was truly uh, the Lamb of God, as John identified Him to be, that would take away the sins of the world. But people were going about their business and they were going about the busyness of their lives and they were going about the day-in, day-out operations of their lives and they were missing the miraculous because the ordinary was right in front of them. They just couldn't see it. They wouldn't acknowledge it. They didn't see it. Some saw it, boy, as we understand the angel here appeared to the shepherds there and proclaimed that Jesus had been born and told them where he was born. The uh, the wise men later would come. And we understand they were seeking him from afar. They came from great distance uh, to come and to worship the king and they had offered uh, great sacrifices to him and we call them wise men as we understood as they uh, gave up something that was temporal to experience something that was eternal. But here's the truth today as we are here on Christmas Day. Some are going through the day-to-day ordinary operation of what a holiday would represent to them, maybe perhaps just even some traditions. But in doing so, they're missing the miraculous. They're missing the miracle of Christmas. See, the miracle of Christmas is not that we get to have family traditions. The miracle of Christmas is not the trees and the, and the trimmings and all the things that we enjoy, if, if, if you were, as traditional things. And by the way, I hope you make some memories and I hope you have some laughs and I hope you show some love to each other and you should do that. But what I would say to you this morning is that is not the miracle of Christmas. The miracle of Christmas is not what we bought. The miracle of Christmas is not what we've done. The miracle of Christmas is not what we have accomplished or what we have shown everyone. Hey, this is the work of our hands is, hey, listen, we understand we give gifts and and we do so because God gave us the greatest gift. But what I would say this morning is don't miss the miraculous because you're just going through the day in, day out ordinary. Sometimes that's what we do. During this day, 
It was coming to pass. The prophecies were coming to pass. Miracles that were foretold were being fulfilled. And if you just follow the star, you could see that. The wise men followed it. Hey, the ordinary was going about. Caesar was decreeing. Can I say this? The politicians are still politicking. You know, the governments are still doing their jobs. Uh, uh, The kings are still doing what they do. And the governments are still doing, uh, jockeying for position. We understand as we've come through just a very political time in this this season, this election. And uh, we understand that a lot of us have a poor taste in our mouth for all these things that we see uh, that have been happening in our world. And we understand, listen, hope is not in politicians. Hope is not in governments. Hope is not what's coming, if you would, through the works uh, of men. Hope is in Jesus Christ. And a lot of, you know, Caesar Augustus was there and he was decreeing like Caesar always decrees. He's doing and he's, he's moving. Traditions were being followed. Taxes were being demanded. Romans were doing the rule, ruling. Evil kings like Herod were scheming and traveling in troubles and financial ruin and uh, pregnancy and all the things that Mary was going through with the troubles in her life. See, the ordinary, the mundane, the day in, day out was going on. But what was coming to pass? A righteous prophet, Zacharias, an angel appears, a a barren womb is healed. Age is no factor as we understand John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, is given to the womb of somebody who could not or believed that she could not have a a child. But then when Mary came near to Elizabeth, uh, John leapt within her and John would be the later one that would uh, decrease as Christ's ministry increased, as he prepared the way of the Lord, as he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, as he appointed himself, as he preached and pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. John the Baptist, the prophecy fulfilled, the prophet, the forerunner, an angel appears to Mary, a virgin conceives. Think about that. Well, that doesn't happen every day. It wasn't a young woman that conceived. It wasn't somebody who just kind of, you know, just uh, in, in this. And by the way, as much as scandal may want to go around this in the world, we understand this is an act of God. This was a miracle. This was a prophecy being fulfilled as God looked at Mary and saw someone who uh, wanted and loved the Lord and, and pursued God and was righteous in her heart. And we understood that even she, even though she might have been a good woman, she still needed a Savior too. Angels and shepherds, angels and shepherds, Uh, those two would have never been mentioned in the same sentence if it wasn't for the Christmas story. Angels and shepherds? Shepherds, the lowliest of the low, the the bottom of the rung, if it were, on the the work uh, load or the work list. These were people who didn't, uh, people didn't like even intermingling and uh, uh, being associated with these men. But yet angels appeared to them. A star appears and wise men follow. See, while the ordinary was playing out, so was the miraculous. And what I want to say to you this morning is Christmas changes when you choose to see the miracles. Christmas changes when you open your eyes and you see what God's Word says and you believe on the truth of what God's Word says because what does God's Word do for us? It gives us light to see the things we could not see. Hey, listen, some of us, we got our eyes fixed on the ordinary this morning. We might be discouraged because we are having financial problems, discouraged because we're having relational problems. As much for many of us, we are, uh, we're, we're enjoying, if you would, the fatness of Christmas and all the joy of getting gifts and all the things that we've had and the, and the meal that we're going to. Can I submit to you this morning that there's a lot of people that Christmas is not a happy time for them? Christmas is a reminder of bad memories. It's 
hurt in their heart. It's missing uh, relationships and broken pieces uh, having to be put back together. Uh, for some people, uh, for Christmas time for them, it's not all merry and bright. For some, they don't have families to celebrate with. And thank God for the family of God, the church of the living God, where we can come together and celebrate with them. And rejoice with them and be a family to them. But I tell you this morning that uh, sometimes we miss the miracles because our eyes are so fixated on the temporal. We're so fixated on these things. How many know and remember, maybe you can remember what you got for Christmas last year. Some of you are trying to remember what you got for Christmas this year. You're still trying to, you know, all all the, it's just a whirl of wrapping paper right now. And you can't even remember all of it. But interesting that sometimes we make things that are miraculous, we make things that are uh, supernatural, uh, so physical, so ordinary, so empty of miracles and just so filled with what we do. I tell you this morning, just like in that day, mankind needs a Savior. Mankind needs the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, this morning is the church of the living God. We need Jesus today, just as much as we've always needed Him. And he needs to be in his rightful place in our hearts. How many know that sometimes even as a believer, other things can take the place? Other things can take the rightful place that he deserves. You know, the only one that deserves to sit on the throne of your heart is Jesus. He's the only one that's worthy to sit in that place. And I would say this morning, what, what's the miracle that you're missing? The miraculous is happening as the ordinary is coming to pass. Maybe... Maybe you're struggling to celebrate because your eyes are on some of the problems that you're having this morning. Can I say lift up your eyes and look on the hills from whence comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Can I tell you that the creator of the world, the one who spoke all the world into existence, loves you. And he died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. I I didn't say that he wants you to join some religion. I didn't say he wanted you to join our church this morning. I said he wants you to have a relationship with him. He went to great, great lengths to provide that for you. He came so far, we said last night. He came so far, leaving heaven to come down here from earth. Hey, listen, we got all excited when we put a man on the moon. God, the God of heaven, left the throne and came down to earth. And he touched down, and he touched down in the form of a little baby. And he lived a sinlessly perfect life. And and he preached, and he spoke. And he changed lives and he touched and he healed people. The world was never the same and will never be the same after the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the truth is this morning is while there are doubters and while there are deniers and while there are even some people who think they're destroyers, the truth is you cannot get rid of Jesus. You have to make a decision about him. You have to decide who he is. Jesus said clearly who he was. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I and the Father are one. Hey, Jesus uh, declared himself to be God in the flesh. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was light, and the light was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. They were looking at the ordinary. They were looking at the everyday. They were missing the miracle. They didn't see it. Can I say this to you this morning? I'm not trying to introduce to you ritual and religion. I'm trying to introduce to you a person, a real living person. You say, well, didn't he die? Yes, he died on the cross, but he rose again because he's God and he ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus is bodily alive today. And maybe you're too busy looking at something else that you can't even rejoice over that today. 
Maybe you're too busy distracted by all the lights and the trimmings and all the distractions of life, the things that you perhaps may be putting as being more important to you than even this morning the Word of God. Hey, listen, is there anything more important to us than God's Word? God's Word to us. There's nothing in your life right now that God isn't using for good. There's nothing in your life right now that God isn't using for good. Even trials and tribulations, will you see the miraculous or get stuck in the ordinary? His will will come to pass. And I want you, as we close this morning, a thought. Look what it says, and it came to pass, that next little phrase, that next little clause, in those days, in those days. You know, going back into the time of chapter 1, those days, this is a parallel to John's story. And, and here's the truth this morning, as much as we understand that we have a story your story fits into a much larger story, and that's his story. You know, as we study church history, the truth is this morning that we are making church history. We are making church history. I don't know what chapter we're writing, but the chapter you're writing is important. And, and by the way, uh, somebody's going to read about this time, this era, should the Lord tarry, this era of the church. I wonder today, they're not going to say, what did the leadership do? They're going to say, what did the church do? The church do. With this time, with this error, with this opportunity, we have, as the church of the living God, perhaps more opportunity than any other church has ever had. More opportunity for communication, more opportunity for freedom, more opportunity to spread the gospel into all the world like no other church has. And here's the truth this morning. If we miss that opportunity, it's our fault. It's our fault. Because we're not stewarding the opportunity that we've been given. It would be sad that a persecuted church would reach more of the world than a free church. It would be sad that a church with limited communication would reach more of the world than a church with unlimited communication. Listen, if we cannot open our mouths face-to-face with people, we'll not leverage any other opportunities that we have either. Listen, as we go, let us not just share the message inside the four walls of a building. As we understand, the building is not the church. We are the church, the people. And here we come and we assemble today to remember his birth. But I wonder today, what will we do with Jesus? What will we do in these days? In these days. It came to pass in those days, but what will we do in, in these days? We understand that Jesus' word was given and uh, some missed it and some rejected it. But your story today fits into a much larger story. God is doing something these days just like he was in those days. Will you, as we close this morning, go over to John. John chapter number 3 this morning. John chapter number 3. Look at it with me as some of us, maybe you... Did anybody open gifts this morning already? Did anybody do that? Anybody waiting to? That's why you're giving me the stink eye now, because you're waiting to get your gifts open, all right? John chapter number 3. Look at it with me in verse number 16. Would you read verse 16 with me, church? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you see that? Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light 
because their deeds were evil. And listen, Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light that's within us. He says, let your light so shine. But the truth is this morning, look at verse number 16. For God, for God. Hey, God is real. He's real. And by the way, it's not any God. It's not all the gods. It's not little g God. The Bible is, is very clear. He said, I am, I am the God and there is none other. He said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. There is none other. It's not an ascension to all the gods that have ever been. It is that he is the only God. And he says, you'll have none other before me. I'm a jealous God. He said, for God, God, the God, the creator of the universe, the creator of the world. Notice, so loved, so loved. Think about this as we, as Pastor Justin mentioned this morning, sometimes misrepresent God. It's interesting that the Bible tells us that God is love. And that God so loved, he loved everlasting, he loved abundantly, he loved unconditionally, he loved with all that he is, he loved. The Bible says he loves so much the world. That is not the necessary, just the creation and all this it is, he's created it, but we understand that he loved us, the people of the world. By the way, that's every nation, tribe, and language, and people, and tongue. It's every person, every person in the world he loves. God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. It's interesting as we understand the Trinity that God gave of himself. He took on himself the form of a man. He was begotten so that we might understand him. He was translated so that we might know him. Listen, we would never know God if it wasn't for Jesus Christ this morning. We would miss him. He would, be, he would be gone if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ is the translation of God to us. It's how we understand God. It's how we see God. It's how we hear God. It's how we know God. It's how we worship God. It's how we are a relationship with God. For God so loved the world that he gave, notice he gave his only begotten son. Listen, this morning you may have given some gifts and prepared some gifts for the people that you love. It's interesting that the, uh, the level of your love sometimes is the, uh, the expense of the gift. You ever, ever have to get a gift because you were going somewhere, you have to get a gift? You put a lot of thought into that one, right? I have to get a gift. Uh, but what about when you want to give a gift? When you love and you want to give something, you give something from the heart, not necessarily just something that's expensive, but something of value. Something of value. Listen, in the world that we live in, the concept of the world is going to debt on Christmas Day to prove your love. Aren't you glad that God was willing to go into, if you would, indebtedness on our behalf? Think about that. What did he do? He gave all of himself. And what did he do? He made himself, the Bible says, sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He took on sin on himself so that we could become righteous in him. He made himself a debtor so we could be free. He took on our sins so that we could be saved. He valued us. He gave his only son. Notice, this is not an exclusive club. This is not an exclusive club. Notice what he says, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what? 
exclusivity when it comes to the gospel does, it makes us prideful. It makes us think that we're part of something that's, if you would, uh, uh, something that other people can't be a part of. The truth is, as we see in the Christmas story, every class, every person, every education, listen, that was not the way that God, if you would, selected and chose. We understand He chose to love us. He chose to die for us. He chose to make Himself a ransom. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. You know, the Bible tells us that death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, we will never perish, those that have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The body may die, but our soul lives forever. The truth is, this morning, where your soul lives determines on what you do with this information that He gives you, this gift that He offers you, but have everlasting life. The Bible tells us this, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I wonder, have you ever received the gift of God? You may have gotten a lot of gifts already, gifts from others, but I tell you, there is no gift that is greater than the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, just like some people do with gifts, you can snub it, you can push it aside, you can decide not to take it. And by the way, that's all of our choice this morning. But it doesn't negate the fact that he still offers it, that he still gives it. And uh, I tell you, if you don't receive it, the Bible says you'll perish. But if you receive it, but as many as received him, we said this last night, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. You know, you, you don't have to do anything to come to Jesus to be saved. You can't do anything. It's not through our works. It's not through what we've done. It's not through our rituals, our family name, our heritage, what we were raised as. Our culture has nothing to do with it. We come to him in faith. By the way, this is not an American faith. This is not an American faith. This is what God offers freely to all of us. All of us. I wonder, have you received that gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? If you have this morning, are you thankful for it? Are you grateful for it? Perhaps uh, we've gotten too much like the world as the church and where we've allowed the world to dictate to us what Christmas is about and we're not celebrating today because we're only thinking of ourselves. Only thinking of ourselves. You know, a selfish person will never worship. Someone who's thinking only of themselves can't receive anything because they think they have everything. I don't need any more. I don't need to hear any more. I don't need to know any more. I don't need to give any more. The truth is this morning, what you need to see yourself as is empty, without, in need. And I wonder this morning, do you know that you need Jesus? You need him. I need him. We all need him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.